I will never write a single line which I have not first felt in my own heart. He'll teach you everything. Truer words were never spoken. All right. Language and writing were made available. I'm writing this down. This is good stuff. This is John Helps You Write Better, and I'm John, so we're going to, you know, we're going to start writing better. Let's just, let's just start. All right, here we go. Today I want to talk about two different forces in writing that tend to balance each other out. Not to the point of, like, neutral. This isn't like fire and ice and they cancel each other out. But more like these two forces help develop writing and help you get your idea across and help you sort of express the whole breadth of your picture without doing all of one and none of the other. Writing advice tends to fall into a lot of binaries because binaries become very easy to explain. You want to do this, don't do that. You want to do this, avoid that. A lot of wholesale, big, giant, broad behavior gets set up that way. And uh, that's for good and for ill. There is a there is a value to understanding why some things work and why some things don't. And there is a value, especially for very, very new writers, to set up a set of behaviors or, or actions to give them, like, just to keep them in bounds, I guess, might be the easiest way to say it. But as we explore past the elementary, as we move deeper into kind of writing as an overall big giant thing you can do with a million billion different pieces inside it, you have to look for different kinds of binaries if you're the sort of person who likes ruling their creativity through binaries. So I've got a binary for you. This is the impressionistic versus realistic debate in prose. Now, yes, this is a similar debate in painting, this is how you go from like, you know, the mid 1800s to the late 1800s. And this is how you end up with like Van Gogh and how you move away from the older stuff. But here's the deal for prose. Impressionistic writing is writing that conveys emotion and abstraction with a number of details that are not necessarily concrete. They're broader their edges are diffused everything is kind of spread out you roughly get a sense of a thing but not necessarily a chain of adjectives specific about a thing whereas realistic writing is the writing you're probably thinking of when you're questioning whether or not your writing is good or accurate realistic writing is detail of any degree even if it's just one adjective talking about the color of a pair of shoes or the chain of adjectives describing just how worn and tired that old blanket is. The, the debate between these two things has always been so polarizing because adherents to each side really tend to struggle at doing the other. People who get really, really realistic and demand realism and grit and dirt, and they find all these other words for it, and who really lock into you needing to know, you needing to understand. Like, it's exactly this picture, exactly this to exactly this degree. Look at all the research I've done. Look at all the clarity I'm giving you. I'm, you know, screaming this story at you. So there's no wiggle room and there's no sense of unknownness. It's just me talking at you and you're going to get the whole thing. 
That's the realistic camp. And they don't like the impressionistic camp because it seems very wishy-washy. It seems very vague. It seems indecisive and it seems unclear. And for a lot of writers, that somehow transmogrifies into this chance that if they're not clear, the reader's not going to understand. The reader's not going to get it. And then by extension, the reader won't like it. And if the reader doesn't like it, then somehow all hope is lost. First of all, all hope is not lost, and the reader doesn't have to like every single thing to the max in order to like the overall book. And, and second of all, um, you can take realism too far. You can absolutely take realism way too far and suck the creativity out of a thing. Because if you just want realism, take a fucking photo and just say, here, here's the picture book that is my story. I've acted it out. It is now a documentary. Now, Impressionism isn't spared this attitude as well, because if you go too far into Impressionism, you stop making sense, and you start wandering down these fractal paths of description where, you know, we're not necessarily academically head up our ass, where, you know, the butter in the shape of a lobster represents female sexuality, but... You know, we're certainly talking about how the mood and the vibe feel like a summer's day. And, you know, there is a time and place to be impressionistic. There is a time and place where specificity in detail would actually weaken the atmosphere, tone, theme, or vibe you're going for. And you don't necessarily want to trade one to get the other. And the impressionistic people... They hate the detail people because they seem so rigid. They seem so overly concerned with every inch of everything that they don't really leave any room for inspiration or variation or feeling and mood. It's very loose and it's, it's supposed to be and it's supposed to be this breezy, airy thing. And the two sides have been, have been debating this for centuries at this point in writing. Because there always comes that question of, well, how much do I describe? What do I describe? And do I describe it here effectively? Impressionism versus realism tends to be the sort of thing that can divide writers. They want to try one, so they dive in. And, and it's almost always they try both and find realism a lot easier to grapple with because they just have to say what's there. Whereas impressionism is a hard-fought thing. It's, it's almost poetic or it almost deals with poetry in the sense that you are more evocative than declarative when it comes to words and word choice. But I think it's a useful exercise to try and explore both, maybe not necessarily within the same draft, maybe not necessarily within the same page or the same scene, but it's certainly something worth practicing if you've never done it before. But what I want to bring up and where I want to take us today to wrap us up for the day is to point out that if you combine them, if like a yin and a yang, you have a little bit of one inside the majority of the other, and then you cycle through and spin through both of them over time so that when you get impressionistic, you grab a little concrete detail. And when you bury yourself in detail, you grab a little impressionism. You tend to get a much more comprehensive picture of things because it's never up to just one kind of descriptive style. It's never up to just one kind of way to view the story to do all the heavy lifting. If we go too descriptive, we lose flexibility. And if we go too impressionistic, we lose structure. And 
your story's found in the middle. Your story isn't necessarily 50-50 one into the other. There's going to be a, a much more fluid model to roll between sentences and roll between paragraphs in both of these things in the ever-shifting tide in the aggregate, in the cumulative, is going to help the reader understand the story. And it comes down to being able to isolate specific paragraphs, specific sentences, where you can point and go, that's descriptive. I'm being realistic in my description. Whereas that's thematically impressionistic. I'm talking about a mood or an atmosphere. And there isn't a clear cut, you know, the chair is old and the car has rust on it level of description. But I'm talking about how the room feels cold or their icy stare froze me in place. Apparently I'm doing a lot of ice work today. But the, the point is when you catch one, Try and see if in and around that sentence, maybe not exactly in that sentence, but within the neighborhood of that sentence, within the same paragraph, a sentence or two above or a sentence or two below, could you bring in another detail? If you've talked for five sentences about the, you know, the hot summer day and the way everything, you know, all the, there's all condensation on all the metal surfaces, would you like to spend a sentence and maybe talk about how things feel other than hot or cold? Would you like to, if you've spent a paragraph talking about how a character feels and worries and is soaking in their internals about, oh my God, what's going to happen come tomorrow morning when I have to go do the plot of the story, would it be helpful there to ground the reader just for a moment to give them a little bit of a stepping stone into something concrete? Like for all the worrying the character is doing, they look over at the clock and it's only been two minutes and they know it's going to be a long night. Your writing is not limited in some way to do one thing at the exclusion of another. Your best writing is going to be the synthesis of these two things. Now, maybe for some people who come to it with an automatically more grounded, detail-oriented realism, it's going to be harder to loosen up and be impressionistic. And perhaps for the impressionistic folks, it'll be equally hard to sit down and kind of anchor yourself to some detail. But I promise you, it is 1,000% worth it because knowing when to describe something in its constituent components, in its details, in its adjectives, versus when to describe it impressionistically opens up a lot more freedom for you when it comes time to tell the effective story. Sometimes you're going to do both. Sometimes you will end up doing both in the same sentence. Though, please don't try and do that by force. Just let it happen if it's going to happen. And keep writing. Give that some thought. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.